Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show, where intimacy is real. If you desire to intimately connect with yourself, your significant other, children, family, friends, community, and your higher power, this show is for you. Thus, we explore intimate topics, inspiring life stories, spirituality, and insightful tips on strengthening relationships. This show is hosted by Dr. April and her co-host, Dr. Kelly. Now let's get this episode of the Bringing Intimacy Back Show started because we share with you the secret power to intimacy to create a life you love or love the life you create. Now here's your host, Dr. April and co-host, Dr. Kelly. Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show where intimacy is real. Well, yes, in this show, we always talk about relationships. And in with dealing with relationships, there's one thing that um, should be in all relationships. Do you know what that is, Dr. Kelly? Love. Love is good. Yes, yes. And it should be in all relationships. Um, boundaries. But boundaries, exactly. Knowing your boundaries. Yes. And that is our topic for today. But before we go into our topic of the day, there's just a couple of announcements. Um, Dr. Kelly, do you have... Um, this is when a, a mug that I have. It says bring an intimacy back. Oh, yes. I have my coffee mug. It's in yes. my Florida house right now. But I okay. love our merch. I love that we have yes. merch now. Yes, we have merch that if you're interested, please go into our website. The other thing that is on our website is where I'm also releasing a book called Improving Intimacy, which talks about self-spirit and spouse. So think about that. That's on Amazon. And the other thing that is on our website that uh, we do once a month or every month, we honor a nonprofit. And for the month of June, it is Pride Month. And so we are supporting the Trevon Project, which supports LBTQ plus youth and prevents suicide, which is, you know, something that um, happens a lot in that population and in, in a variety of um, populations and stuff. So. Think about helping with that organization. But let me now get into the topic of the day. Yes, we're dealing with boundaries and knowing your boundaries. And we have a wonderful person. Her name is Melody Ann Treaty, who is here today. Welcome, Melody. Hi, Hi there, ladies. Hi, everybody. <laughs> yes. We've been this for a, a, quite a while, so it's great to have you on the show. Thanks. Thanks. Glad to be here. <laughs> yes. So let me tell you, Melanie's vision is humanity, living peacefully, wholesomely, and to the fullest potential in friendship with God and with one another. Her mission is to encourage people and to pray. She is described as a boomer mentor, um, which means boomer, I guess, in her um, generation, and coach and an inspiring Christian author. I know she's writing an autobiography. And she loves igniting the mental courage, resiliency, and joyful steward leadership of Zoomers and Generation Zs. Yes. And Generation X, because I'm a Generation X, too. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yes, yes. So one of the first things that we, um, because we talk about intimacy, and that's the main thing about our show is having those intimate connections. How do you define intimacy? Well, you know, the first time I heard the word in the context of uh, relationships and then being counseled in that area was pre-engagement, pre-marriage. And intimacy basically meant or means into me see in terms of transparency and vulnerability. So that's kind of how I define it is into me see, you know, can you look through me and see me. (laughs) Right, right. So many times on the show, um, even with intimacy, there's that self-intimacy of knowing thyself, Mm -hmm. you know? And of course, the spiritual intimacy and how knowing thyself. So yeah, so we would love to understand more about you and your background. Okay, do you want me to start um, like, from where <laughs> the beginning or <laughs> yeah the <laughs> um, well um, my background is that I'm a uh, the youngest of four siblings I grew up in a small town in Texas uh, really just 
was raised in public school system, then went to a private college. And um, my experience in the area of intimacy was that being in a small town and growing up with kids that were my age from kindergarten to 12th grade, we, we kind of knew everybody's business in a way, you know, in a small town. Um, yes. But we took care to be, um, you know, mindful and considerate and really looking out for each other, kind of like um, as love thy neighbor, you know, and I was raised in church. Um, I was very active in youth fellowship. Um, basically the whole culture of hanging out, you know, youth culture, um, high school culture, college culture was that we just hung out in groups. You know, um, I was taught growing up that there's safety in numbers and mm-hmm. I still believe that today there's safety. Oh, in yes. Numbers. You know, always yeah, definitely. System. <laughs> Yes, Um, and it develops that friendship intimacy in the sense of connecting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I finished school. I went to Baylor, actually, for undergrad, married a fellow graduate there. Uh, We went on to grad school to Boulder, Colorado. We were in the lovely Rocky Mountains for four years there for his graduate work. And then um, something kind of sad, tragic happened where there was an affair in the marriage on his part uh, while we were separated for a semester. And, uh, and this is why you guys were in school? In grad school. He was in grad school and I was working in my career to kind of be complimentary to his graduate school work. So when that he must came, have been tough. Yeah, because yeah. you didn't have, you didn't did you know people in Colorado? We yeah, we were there for four years. So our life okay. really revolved around the university life. I worked for the foundation on campus, so just tons of activities with CU right. Boulder. And, um, and then also he being in the music school. So yeah, just instant, you know, relationships, um, everywhere. And the work that I did required me to do relationship development work. So no strangers, like sometimes you hear people say that if they're from Texas, Texans have never met a stranger. (laughs) (laughs) You either like us or you hate us because we just sort of overwhelm you with that whole Texas thing, you know? So um, anyway, Uh, but yeah, that was a blind side. You know, he came back from um, a semester away doing an internship and lo and behold, there was an affair. And I was blindsided and, you know, he was asking to have a divorce. I'm like, wow. Okay. so Yeah. Yeah. He told you about the affair and he said he wanted out of the relationship. Yeah. Like Mm, we're done. For four years of being in a marriage, preparing for your future. And then all of a sudden your husband doesn't want to be married to you anymore. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Really a curveball. So thankfully we had the right people, very wise counsel around us, knowing who we were and how this was kind of a tragic result for our marriage. And I'm grateful for those people seeing, you know, beyond what we could see in the emotional turmoil of that moment. And, um, you know, I was helped by my colleagues to have legal counsel and just to help craft everything so that the whole divorce process would be as smooth and painless as possible since it was his decision. But, you know, in... uh, in that moment, it was, he decided, but I was kind of like the cleanup girl. You know, it's like, here, I have an assignment for you. <laughs> I don't want to be married, but will you take care of all the legal work and all? I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess I'm going to be the grown up here. I'll do that. So um, that's what happened is, and I was planning mm. to stay, but as God would have it, a job came and found me out of the blue in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. So another big is, move. This is where my sojourn into me and discovering me, discovering God really began when I went on this trek from Colorado to Baltimore, Maryland, and literally defined myself as sojourning, chasing, trying to find God, trying to find me, you know, during that time. And it was a great adventure. (laughs) So that was the summer of uh, 2003 and uh, moved to Baltimore, Maryland for a job, knew nobody. That was a different scenario from, you know, being in Boulder, Colorado. I knew nobody but my work colleagues. And surprisingly, for my parents and family to be convinced that it was good for me to move out to the East Coast versus move back to Texas, that was definitely a God job, you know, like (laughs) they they didn't convince me to come back to the nest, as they say, you know, so um, enjoyed it. I was on a great adventure and really, really discovered, um, rediscovered, and uh, had kind of a, um, I would say, one of those lightning bolts experiences in early morning hours um, in my spiritual walk with God. And Describe that. 
the yeah, scrapbook? That script yeah, please. Intimacy okay. with God, intimacy yeah. with your higher power. Who is your higher power? Yeah, well, I, yeah, totally God. Uh, I was really trying to reconnect with him, with myself, going through this pain of divorce. And so, um, you know, when you're going through that kind of a turmoil, like lost relationship, new city, new right. job, that's like in the top five stressors as far of, as like yes. going through stress. Changes, so, right. Yeah, so I'm connecting to counseling at the time to walk me through the divorce work. And then I'm trying to do a lot of reading, self-help, like just absorbing as much as I can. But I'm also having a lot of sleepless nights because I'm just under so much stress and mm. getting used to the new job. And one morning I'm like lightning bolt, like wake up 4 a.m. And it was almost like a neon sign across my forehead. Go read Isaiah 54. I didn't even know what Isaiah was in the Bible, but I went, (laughs) I'm like, let me find it. And I read it and I did not realize at the time the import of this scripture. And it would come to have more and more meaning to me as a marker, as kind of a a stake in the ground with my walk with God for the next like 25 years of my life, looking in reverse, looking in the rear view mirror. But let me just, if you don't mind, I'll just share it real fast. We don't mind. Um, So what you don't know about me at that time is I'm only focusing on the recovery of the divorce, not the fact that I have all this rubble and post-traumatic stress coming to the surface from decisions I'd made right after college to have not one, but multiple abortions. And I didn't know what I didn't know then as far as how that would affect me emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and even maybe physiologically too. But I'm at the age of 30 and I've had multiple abortions and just had a fresh divorce, new city, new job. So yeah, a lot going on. So here comes the scripture in the wee hours of the morning, seeing a barren woman, who did not bear, break forth into singing, cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. So enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left and your offspring will possess the nations and the people, the desolate cities. Fear not, for you will not be ashamed. You will not be disgraced, and you will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood. You will remember no more. And here's the catch. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. The God of the whole earth he's called. For the Lord has called you like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit, like a wife of youth when she's cast off, says your God. But for a brief moment, I deserted you, and with great compassion, I'll gather you. In overflowing anger, for a moment, I hid my face from you. But with everlasting love, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. This is like the days of Noah to me when I swore that the waters of Noah would never go over the earth. So I'm swearing to you that I will not be angry with you, nor rebuke you. For the mountains may depart, the hills may be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you and my covenant of peace will not be removed says the lord who has compassion on you afflicted one storm tossed not comforted behold i will set your stones in antimony and lay your foundations with sapphires and so on and here's another part all your children shall be taught by the lord and great shall be your peace of your children and righteousness shall be established and be far away from oppression you'll be far away from terror If anyone stirs up strife, it's not from me. Whoever stirs up strife with you will fall because of you. And I've created the ravager to destroy, but no weapon that is fashioned against you will succeed. And you will refute every tongue that rises against you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication. I'm reading this going, taking it very literally in that Mm -hmm. moment. The Lord is covenanting with me. In my deepest, darkest pit of despair, <laughs> saying, this is who I am to you, Melody, and Melody, this is who you are to me. And I really want you to get this. And I, ladies, honestly, I took it to heart because I had no one else to turn to at that point. 
And I took that passage of scripture with me into the counseling process, you know, to share it with my Christian counselor at that time. And remarkably, she said, well, you realize God's talking to Isaiah, the prophet, to the Israelite nation, and you're bringing this into the current context of your circumstances, but it's fascinating that he woke you up and he said, go read this. So yes, God is covenanting with me in the wee hours of the morning to have peace, to accept his peace and to accept his everlasting love and that he is my husband and maker and so on and so on. And so all these promises gave me hope, really just reached down into that pit and pulled me right up out of it going, I have someone in my corner. I thought I was here all alone Mm -hmm. doing this life alone. And he is right here with me talking to me. And I'm going to be all ears from here forward. <laughs> so wow, there you go. Wow. You know, <laughs> yes, when, yes. When you talked about the, you had a lightning bolt experience with God. Yeah. I kind of had the visual that a lot of people have a, an image of God as being that punitive corporal punishment father, mm. you know, and uh, then people will even say, well, I, I, if I, I'll get struck by a lightning bolt if I do, do go to church or something <laughs> like that. But you had a lightning bolt experience with an like epiphany yeah, kind yeah of an epiphany. A, but god speaking to you in a way that you understood in a way to help you heal from those early sins of the youth as you had said scripture had said mm-hmm. and so right in the middle of your divorce i just get this vi- visual of you healing from that and he says let's go back to ground zero a little bit here you mm-hmm. know foundationally yeah, that you had healing mm-hmm. and not what a typical view of God is that if you, you do something that makes him unhappy, he's going to strike you with a lightning bolt. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's to him, for him to call me into this place of here, I'm going to, I need to say some things to you. This wasn't like the conversation that he had with Job where he's really lining Job out and saying, you know, who do you think you are? You know, you forget who I am, but here is just, there's this tender promise of despite your, sin despite your despair despite this dark place that i have found you in um i'm calling you to me i'm calling you into this intimate space of no harm um love that is everlasting and a covenant an agreement with peace that i will this episode is brought to you by direct tv stream introducing direct tv stream the best of live tv and on demand which means you can get all your favorite sports movies and shows together so you can watch new episodes of your favorite reality shows live or binge old episodes on demand. Either way, get ready for some drama. And the best part? DirecTV Stream has no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. Keep the peace between you and I. Even if the world is bringing storms and more hurt, which, by the way... Yeah, from 30 to about five summers ago. Tons more loss, abandonment, Mm -hmm. betrayal, job loss, home loss, all the brokenness and hurts of this life. (laughs) Um, He was right there walking me through every every single part of it. So I never felt the hopelessness that we would typically feel in those very hard moments. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And similarly, we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, I would like to go more in depth of what you just said, that he was right there. As you just read, um, God said he was going to be your husband. Mm -hmm. Yes. And what did that actually mean as you walk through um, more challenges in life? Because sometimes as um, Christians, people think once you have Jesus or God, your life's going to be easy. (laughs) But that's not always well, that's not true. I'm not even going to say it's not always true. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, right. yes. And so yeah. how he walks with us. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to go more into that intimacy um, of spirituality and self with God. Are you wanting a vacation in paradise? A vacation to rekindle the passion. A vacation without the kids. A vacation where you can learn how to communicate where you and your partner actually hear each other and gain insight. If so, Vacation Counseling is your next vacation. Dr. April Brown has created Vacation Counseling in Southwest Florida as a perfect option for you and your partner. Our retreats are one couple at a time. We have a variety of packages available to choose from, including virtual couples retreats. If you and your partner are interested in the Vacation Counseling, 
please visit us at vacationcounseling.com for more information on pricing and packages. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. To keep track of the latest news, stories, activities, or coupons on vacation counseling and Dr. April's other services, we encourage you to sign up to receive a monthly newsletter called Intimate Connections at draprilbrown.com. Remember, if you and your partner are struggling with communication and intimacy, and you all are looking for a retreat to connect, Vacation Counseling can be your next vacation in Southwest Florida. Welcome back to the Bringing Intimacy Show, where intimacy is real. And today we are talking about knowing your boundaries. And we were speaking with Melody. And Melody, you were just sharing with us um, how God had uh, spoken to you. It's kind of like a lightning bulb in the sense mm-hmm. of waking you up in the middle of the night after some years and heartbreak of a lot of loss. Mm-hmm. And now you know, you, you read to us Isaiah 54 and how God walked with you through mm-hmm. that. So how did that actually look like in, in the sense of him walking with you through all those traumas and all the stuff that you're dealing with and in the process of even going to get camp counseling, because that's, you know, sometimes a struggle for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure is. I'm really grateful that um, I had friends recommend that. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. I, I feel like, I'm sorry, I had an echo. Sorry about that. Yeah, I, um, you know, to paint a picture of what that looked like to sort of be walking with God or hearing from him is there's um, a term that people use when they feel that they're encountering the divine or that they're having some kind of encounter with the Lord or with God in terms of a coincidence, you know, or just something that's so personal and intimate that is intangible in a way, like maybe seeing the rainbow after the rainstorm and you feel a connection to the Lord because of the promise he made in Genesis about never flooding the earth again. And that was a promise as far as using the rainbow for that. And then other ways that you feel that you've been reminded of someone special or um, a deja vu or something. And I like to call them God winks because that's a word that was basically created by two friends of mine, uh, Squire Rushnell. That's a word that he coined that God is always winking at you. If you're paying attention and looking in his direction, meaning God is very intimately involved in every detail of your life. But are you in conversation enough with him to, um, be noticing or listening or watching for those indicators that he's intimately involved with you. So um, it could be someone's name that you see on a license plate, or it could be a year or some little something, little piece of the puzzle <laughs> of something that you've already been through or that God is preparing you for the next thing that's happening in front of you. And I can say quite honestly that at the age of eight, I had a dream or a vision that one day I would live and work in Washington, D.C. And as a kid, like those of us who want to be astronauts or firemen or veterinarians, you know, wanted to be a veterinarian. But for me, I had this very vivid dream uh, image that one day I would live and work in a nation's capital. I just wouldn't know how I would get there or when. I didn't think I would be smart enough, didn't think I would be wealthy enough to get there. But here I was. I landed in Baltimore, Maryland job moved me to Washington, D.C., and a friend on that job invited me to her church. And um, she, I said, what's the name of your church? And she told me it was like this international global name of like big eye, like kid in the candy store. Oh, my gosh, that's, this is exactly what I dreamt when I was eight. And here I am, 33. Okay, so a 25-year gap. And um, literally, I wanted to be friends with people all over the world. I wanted to eat their foods, enjoy their cultures. I just really wanted to be a person of the globe as far as a global missionary or what have you. So Wendy invites me to her church there in Washington, D.C. And one of the songs that's sung is four-part harmony, and it was sung partially in Swahili. And the song was, I Hear God Singing to Me. (laughs) 
and I just lost it. I was like, oh my gosh, I think I've found some little piece of utopia or heaven here. Like this is making me think of my dream at eight. Here I am in Washington, DC. I'm singing with people all over the world. I'm singing in Swahili. They don't know me yet. And after that time, I went up to her and I said, look, I had this thing happen to me two or three years ago, early one morning, and this was the scripture. What do you think of that? Is that real? She goes, absolutely, it's real. And so what do you think about today being here? And I said, yeah, I feel like time just compressed, you know, from age eight to here I am at 33, that this was supposed to happen, that it was going to happen. And I had nothing to do with it. It had everything to, yeah. (laughs) You know, Melody, the beautiful Mm -hmm. thing about how God works in this world is that I I sometimes say, my friends, they tease me because I say I'm the GF. I'm God's favorite. I'm God's favorite. And I really am. I just want to let you know that. But um, (laughs) he truly truly can make us all, we can have a pursuit of not just a higher power, but a personal God who Mm -hmm. speaks to us in a way that we understand. And it sounds to me that you have intimacy with God Mm -hmm. on a very personal level. And so often, um, there's many faiths that uh, believe that you cannot enter into communication with God, even Mm -hmm. on your own. Mm -hmm. Or and back in the day, they even uh, only the high priest could go in. Did you know that he had a cord tied around his leg? Right. Died in there. (laughs) If he died in there, they'd have to pull him out like, hey, It'd be like, hey, it's a long prayer. Uh, don't pull me out of here yet. But you get the point. Uh, yeah. We have, um, we can have that entrance into a personal relationship with mm-hmm. God. And it sounds yeah. to me like that's what you're experiencing on your journey. Yeah, it was just mind-blowing because I, at that point, uh, by being invited uh, you know, to be her friend because we were coworkers, and I said, what even made you invite me to go with you? She goes, well, I saw you walk into the office every day with your like big fat like Max Licato Bible or something something and you were like super religious and I was intimidated but I knew you must have loved the Lord to be packing your Bible into work all the time like okay <laughs> so um I said well do you guys study the Bible like do you get like, oh yeah yeah like we'll we'll do that so literally yeah we sat out on the Memorial Mall near the Lincoln and near Washington Monument and we would pray we would sing and we would just open up the word and and share and I I did it was all surreal I felt like I was really kind of in a cloud environment where I felt that covenant of peace you know that typical environment what you see around Washington Monument somebody sitting around singing kumbaya and reading the bible <laughs> and it sounds like it was a grand day for you it, but here's um, the funny part i said i really wanted to get baptized and they walked me up to the reflecting pool of the Capitol, which you know now is probably behind a, a fence but right, at that right. time it was just the Capitol police walking around the reflecting pool and they walked me in and baptized me and the guy comes up he goes the next one of you that does that is going to get a ticket. You know? Oh my gosh. Wow. Can't be doing that, See, I'm but... doing it for Jesus. Uh, yeah. So it was, uh, yeah. That just... is beautiful. So you were baptized in the reflection pool? Yeah, I was in all that dirty, ah. dirty pond scum, duck poop, all that jazz. Yeah. I got <laughs> yeah. But who cares if, if you're <laughs> yeah. baptized and you're, you're renewed, yeah. right? That's it. Right. Yeah. It was hysterical. Yeah. And, uh, yes. But that was, that was part of the, um, realization that God is a God speaks all the time and are we listening watching for that and then he especially speaks through his word because the scriptures say it is living and active and it it really speaks to our hearts and so um so Melody yeah Melody there's a lot of um people that I've talked to and stuff who struggle with boundaries Mm mm-hmm you know, and so, and you just talked about how um, God walked with you. Yeah. Yeah. How did that transformation and you knowing your boundaries? That's a great question, April. Um, you know, I think <clears throat> what I had experienced up to that point was that I had so many tough boundaries growing up in a very strict home where everything was, no, you can't, no, you can't go there. So that strictness of boundaries as a child kind of thrust me into being a yes person. Yes, I will go here. Mm. Yes, I will do that. So the pendulum went from strict 
restrictions right. bringing to the pendulum going way over here going I'm going to try everything because wow. I see all okay. my friends trying everything and it's not harming them so I think I can right. just do it and that was the wrong shift obviously too far so coming back to this place of now I have this understanding of God and really this place of peace and uh, walking with him that there are those safe boundaries or harbors that we say in the word of just people go I don't want that because there's too many rules there and it's boring or it's restrictive but there's so much freedom as we know in the truth and Mm -hmm. when you really dig into that walking in truth uh, despite what someone may think of you uh, being rejected is to me being redirected you know like you can reject me all you want but I receive that in truth as a redirection from God um, right. So those are those kinds of, I think, boundary answers is okay. let, my, let my yes be my yes and my no, my no. And, um, and you mentioned, okay mentioned no. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned a great thing because many times, um, I'm not going to just well, generalize it, but many times Christian women, sometimes they have, um, and, they, and I've had to struggle myself with saying no. They don't know how to say no. It's always yes, 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 yes. You know, yes. And they feel like, oh, my God, saying no would not be a Christian thing to do. Mm -hmm. But in reality, even Jesus had boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, he sure did. What is in your lane and what's not in your lane? Exactly. I'm learning. (laughs) Oh, stay in your lane. Yes. Yeah. would even push push off uh, from the crowd. Sometimes the crowds would be pressing in. And sometimes Mm -hmm. he would even preach and do his parables from the boat. Mm-hmm. So sometimes uh, when people press in on us and we need to set a boundary, you can yeah. step back. Now, he also probably knew, hey, what sound carries over water, too, because <laughs> he walked on it. But yeah. at the same time, um, sometimes we need to step back and have that boundary. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it takes a lot of um, personal wisdom on knowing when to enforce a boundary. So how do you... Yeah. How do you enforce boundaries or encourage people to enforce boundaries, Melody? Um, you know, I'm a person that believes strongly in giving a person three chances. <laughs> like one, Not 70 times uh, seven? Well, yeah, I know the forgiveness thing, right? 70 times seven. But um, the first time something happens is, oh, we're learning something here. Okay. And it's called forgiveness. Yeah. And the second time may slip more into the grace space. Okay. All right. Third time, maybe there's a pattern here. Maybe have to kind of put a little line in the sand and then, you know, maybe go back and revisit that. But um, I, I think that when someone is not seeing you or acknowledging you and your boundary, uh, that that is when you really need to be able to stay with your no and I'm hearing this a lot in the space of intimacy and relationships and right. girls and guys and just that whole dynamic in the culture where when the girl says no, she really means no. And the guys perceive that when she's saying no, that it's a tease or a flirt or come on that, you know, she's really saying yes when she says no. And that's, to me, no excuse for kind of the trespass that may be happening when someone is um crossing over the boundary of purity that maybe they're trying to hold on to for marriage or something like that. And I, I hear this uh, on occasion. Um, so yeah, I, the boundary question, uh, Kelly is, um, would you give me permission to speak into this? And would you please hear me when I say to you that I do not wish for this to happen uh, again, or I do not, wish for us to go down this path you know and can we just back up and reverse here and understand this is an expectation i have or this is an expectation you have and be done with that are you familiar with ron hutchcraft pardon are you familiar with ron hutchcraft i am not no he's he's an author and a youth evangelist and he Mm -hmm. said that boundaries are good and not evil and he likes fires but he likes them in the fireplace. That's exactly right. Yes. You know, when you come home <laughs> yeah. and there's a fire in the middle of your living room, you're like, what? What? So <laughs> I just love Ron Hutchcraft and his perspective. And I think maybe you should check out some of his writing because it, it sounds like right yeah. up your alley. Yeah, um, and then that. 
even our body has boundaries that if they're exceeded are bad. For example, Mm -hmm. uh, our body temperature set point. Mm -hmm. So when you exceed that boundary, it's a fever. The shoreline is a boundary. And when it exceeds that, you're in Southwest Florida, right, Melody? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when the the water, the ocean exceeds the boundary, then what do we have? We have flooding, hurricanes, and all of those other things. Mm -hmm. So let's just remind people that boundaries are good and not evil. And like, I really liked what you said, that you can tell somebody, hey, you know, you're setting a line, you're communicating. But Mm -hmm. is there a way to communicate boundaries without saying anything? And, you know, we have ghosting nowadays, right? Oh, right. Yes. So uh, a lot yes. of people are just ghosting because they don't know how to communicate their boundaries. So mm-hmm. what would you do in that instance? You mean being on the receiving end of ghosting or no, like uh, the telling somebody, okay, here's your, you're doing, you're mm-hmm. reaching out to the generation Z's, right? Who ghost yeah. people. Yeah. So if you want to <laughs> teach them to communicate boundaries, how, how would you do that? Yeah. I think they need to be able to say this this makes me feel uncomfortable. And so I'd like for it to, to stop or, you know, can we not have this kind of interaction? Like you're I, so polite. How can you say feel, it where it's not polite? I, I feel like, like you're bullying yeah, me. Back. So just like back off, you know, give me 50. I <laughs> like to back off. I'm here. from Texas. I have, a- <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you that just, uh, I had someone, this was new to me. I was in a dynamic of texting with um, a gentleman friend in Idaho. Okay. And we're texting and all of a sudden the texting is coming with more shirts off and on. Um, mm-hmm. And I, literally I'm like, dude, I don't want to see a shirtless bod unless this is my significant other or my husband. Sorry if I'm like coming across old fashioned, but <laughs> I really don't. I really don't want you to keep doing that. And then the response, because I set the boundary, please don't send right. me another one of those. Um, I think you're awesome. You're great, but please don't do that. And nice text, but back off. <laughs> the comeback was, well, I just think you're being over the top, but that's my opinion. And oh. so I, really, I offended him. <laughs> Unfortunately, I really offended him. And it's like, boom, total shut down on communication because I laid a boundary there. It's like, okay. if you can't So how long did it last after that? Not a day. I Not mean, even a day. Bye. Two weeks of hello and this and doing great, you know, celebrating each other's projects and good works and things like that. But when I set right. the boundary about the shirt thing, I'm like, dude, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're really yeah. A distraction now. And I don't need that right now. So, you know, if mm-hmm. you wanna, don't distract if me. Wanna, but wanna, did he have a nice, did he have a nice upper body? Yeah. I mean, it was really nice. Yes. Was he guy. a brunette? Uh, no, I'd like to be his friend, but like, you can't even respect my boundary. You're like coming right. back at me. So, okay, bye. Right. But you you mentioned in a good thing that sometimes when you do set boundaries, you're going to lose people. That's so true. It is. Yeah. True. Yes. Yeah. But, but you're protecting yourself, which is the person you have to be with for the rest of your life. So, yes. Right. And talking about um, young people and generation, um, Z, you have a program. Is it, uh, hopefully I say it right, Barnaby Girls? Oh, yeah, that's that was a nickname given to me in D.C. Barnabas became Barnaby. Oh. And so, yeah, Barnaby Girls, like, hey, let me encourage you. What do you need encouragement for? And to just come alongside, yeah, um, and walk with you and encourage right. you with whatever's going on. <laughs> well, so it's, go, go on. Ahead, I, was Dr. Just, April. I was just going to ask about the program. Yeah. Oh, well, what I'm doing right now is doing sort of pilot type interviews in small groups. And uh, one of the girls really liked the idea of, and we're going to play around with it, sort of podcast it maybe offline here in Naples is um, the boomers and the zoomers in a way, because the Gen Z's affectionately sometimes like to call themselves zoomers because some of them are really um, connecting to the person, the, the whole rhythm of life that baby boomers had like they can relate a little bit to the golden years that boomers had in the 80s and everyone likes to go back to like the whole 80s decade um which were great years for this oh absolutely oh those are, yeah so, that's the year i grew up in yeah yeah so they like the music they like just our vibe and we are pretty much i think a generation that is really sandwiched between 
the wisdom of the elders and that that um, kind of golden generation, you know, they are really wise in the way we were raised. And then we've got the Gen Xers and the millennials um, below us. And we're still like in this place of childlikeness and innovation and creative and, you know, peacemaking, like, hey, peace, love and donuts, whatever, you know, like we just, <laughs> there's something about our chemistry when we're together that is like, oh, you're the hip grandparent I never had, you know, or you're right. the, or yes. you're the mom that I could really talk to. And so we kind of get into that space where it's just safe and fun. And East so Love said, and Donuts, isn't that in Naples? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. you know, Zoomers is in Fort Myers. So we should get them to be sponsors for this. Oh, uh, but you yeah. could have your little Barnaby, not little, but your Barnaby uh, kickoff party at Zoomers in Fort Myers. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. Ask them to sponsor it for you. <laughs> cool. <Okay. laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, we're doing all kinds of just uh, brainstorming about small group space and safe space to talk about these kinds of things, you know, that they wouldn't normally talk about. Because most of them say, I don't ever talk to my parents about anything. I'm like, well, who do you talk to? Well, it's, it's usually yeah. all online in virtual space or maybe a friend. Mm-hmm. So, Let me yeah. ask you this, Melody, since you work with the younger group um, mm-hmm. and plus uh, with your conservative background, if I could call it that. Um, are you familiar with, um, conservative straight, prodigal. <laughs> you're, you're a conservative, conservative prodigal. prodigal. <laughs> what about, uh, straight edge? Are you familiar with that term? No, please tell oh, me. Oh, here's the thing. Uh, straight edgers are, they don't drink smoke. They don't have sex. So here we have like on the, the Christian, you know, you, you, I assume accepted Christ when you were eight based on what you're talking about. You had that personal experience when you were eight, Correct. Actually, yeah, I, you know, everything was about love Jesus, the Bible, like vacation yeah. Bible school, raised in church, but the gospel message about Jesus and all that didn't come to me until I was about 18, 19. But and, were you conservative uh, at eight? Yeah. Oh, yeah, very much so. So, yeah. and you tried to do things right to honor your parents right and all of mm-hmm. that. So yeah, here we have- Morally formed, you know. Yeah, like moral. Rightness, yeah. Mm-hmm. But so you have, this is what happens. Straight edgers are like, they're not going to drink smoke. It has nothing to do with faith, nothing to do with God. They just don't want to have sex They're straight edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's, that's who I was trying to be, but the culture totally swallowed me up because yeah. I didn't have any foundation or root or conviction, you know, to try to stay in there. Um, so you can do yeah, it on your own, right? That's it. You can't do it in your own. Right. Strength. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I I, uh, really get the vision for what you're doing with your Barnaby project. It's called the Barnaby what? Um, Barnaby Girls, which is kind of tongue in cheek. Yeah, just to say we're going to be the girls that encourage one another and build each other up. Um, There's just not all girls do, Melody. Yeah, there's a lot of mean kind of hatred, kind of mean girls. Ask Lindsay Lohan out there. And then you have the kindness movement. And some people say, well, if you're too kind, people are going to walk all over you and take advantage of you. But um, love is patient. Love is kind. So those are the first two principles, you know, like, are you being patient? Are you being kind? Let's start. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, we're going to take a short little break and then we come back. We're going to dig a little deeper and take some questions from the audience. If you are listening to this commercial, you have a pulse. If you have a pulse, you have stress. You may need a therapist. How do you find a therapist? Oh, you go to your phone book. Wait, what's that? Go to the World Wide Web. You type in therapist near me. And then you find a list of acronyms. LMHC, LPC, NCC. (sighs) How on earth do I understand this and navigate this? Go to drkellyboucher.com. Dr. Kelly specializes in helping people that struggle with anxiety, stress, burnout, grief, depression, compassion, fatigue, sleep issues, body image issues. You can have help today. DrKellyBoucher.com. Welcome back to the Bringing Intimacy Show, where intimacy is real. So, yes, we've been talking with Melody about boundaries and, of course, how that relates to our spiritual intimacy and knowing God and 
He helps us, of course, know ourselves. And then we were recently just talking about your program, um, the Barnaby Girls, and trying to, um, the dilemma of too much kindness. And then, of course, this whole mean girl thing. And then I recognize that you are actually the chief encouragement officer. Yeah. <laughs> Another little play on words, CEO, like uh, executive. What am I executing here? No, I'm just yes. Yes. I'm so, <laughs> yes. So how do you go in between, like you said, this kindness and, and mean girl thing? What do you bring to your girls on, on that? Um, you know, in the space that we have together, I let them talk about any and everything under the sun. And even if it's something that's pretty raw or just like a recent situation with one of their best friends, um, I actually have one who's really in a dilemma because she's been the best friends with this girl for a while. They hang out all the time. And she's like, dude, I don't know what to say to her, but I've got to talk to her because I feel like she's mocking you know, our faith, my faith, because she'll post mm. scriptures and say, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm just this, you know, and really post God's word and draw people to that. But at the same time, she's posting a lot of very like uh, sexually exploitive, explicit kind of like with her body, with, you know, the, the you know, the, the way the photography is like, hey, I'm showing I'm, I'm very proud of my, my behind. Okay. And it's like, it's all out there. Okay. It's like, Hey, I'm advertising that I'm a girl who's got all that, you know? And, and so it, it's like this, this friend of hers, who's like a graduating, you know, senior in high school is like, this is summertime. I don't know where she's going with this, but I feel like she's living a double life and it's just all over her social media. And I'm the one that's in her life. And I don't want people to, associate me with that you know but she's my friend I love her and I don't want to judge her so what do I do and I'm like oh man you gotta have that let's hang out let's do our chill thing as girlfriends and then okay let's talk about Matthew 18 let's bring the word bring the sword okay here's a situation where something's going on and will you let me speak into your life with with love like I'm gonna bring a little bit of truth but it's gonna be like covered in grace okay but dude I see this and I see that which is it how can it be both okay because we know you know um what the word stands for so she's really wrestling with I've got to love my friend I don't want her to think I'm being mean to her or judging her but I've really got to speak truthfully to her and so sometimes encouragement can feel like exhortation <laughs> like hey yes you know, but I, too. I i used yes. it once in a letter and then they asked me at the university i used the word exhortation or exhort yeah. and they sure. said you need to change that because it was you know it had <laughs> such a powerful meaning uh-huh. you know for those of you that are listening matthew 18 is the scriptural principle that says that if somebody offends you you go to them first first and then if they do not change then you go with somebody else so yeah. your very first thing that's a scriptural principle is to go to them and communicate. Yeah. And with grace, I think. Yeah, yeah grace, I think yeah. grace is the most, yes. It's a great, thing. it's a great order. It saves so much pain and chaos in relationships of course. to go one-to-one to the source, yes. not around in a circle where there's gossip and slander. Or TikTok and Twitter TikTok. and Insta. And- that's yes. it. Yeah. Definitely. And, yeah. uh, and then you take that third person, if you need that other person there to really like come alongside them and, you know, then it can go kind of up a level from there and yeah, okay. what, how to handle the friend, how to handle the friend's parents. So we're, um, yeah, we're moving into that. So I'm like, what would Jesus do? Okay. Let's do what exactly. Jesus would do because he never failed or he, he's going <laughs> to. Yes. Yes. Dr. Kelly, do you have a question from the audience? I do actually, um, hold on. It's, uh, Amy from Indiana and Amy wants to know, uh, you had spoken about, uh, hold on. I'm getting it on my page. You had spoken about, had, uh, working in, uh, Washington, DC. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what, what did you do in DC? Okay. Yeah. I was in nonprofit work and I did a lot of street evangelism around the Capitol and the union station. So my full-time job was nonprofit work. So was it as wonderful as you thought? That's a question from this audience. In DC? Yeah. 
Was I, it wonderful? I did. I felt like a kid in a candy store because I could not get enough of all the historical monuments and the museums and just what a beautiful city it is. And okay. yeah, people from all over the world, you know, every yes. day. It's, awesome. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Last <laughs> quick question that I have for you. I know you're developing an app. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Can I'm you tell us about the app? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, Can you tell us about the app? Yeah, thank you. It's a collaborative with another friend who's really focusing on a mentoring app that would be in the school space for schools and uh, parents of students. And what I'm hoping to do is to create a toolkit of resources for um, health of the soul that will speak into the social emotional learning space a little bit, but to bring some tools into that toolkit that the parent and the student might be able to uh, tap into as they're going through some things with um, their, their child or a friend. And it's kind of in the mentoring coaching space too. So right now I'm just collecting um, okay. and going through the experiences to see how it will come across to the person on the receiving end of the resource. So, yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Health of the soul. That's amazing. Yeah. So our mm. listeners have to look out for all the great things that you are doing. If our listeners want to um, connect with you, what's the best way? Um, they're welcome to check me out on Instagram, which is the Barnaby Girls CEO handle. I think I shared with you and yes. they are very welcome to text me at um, 239-888-0530. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much now, for being a guest on the show. No, I have a question, Melody, since you gave working on the, the website, number. by the way, I wasn't prepared, you, but I am working on a website in the book. So, well, yeah, so you gave okay. your phone number. Um, is it just for the Barnaby girls to reach out to you? Or what about if there's a, a gentleman that is listening? So the, the number I just gave you is with regard to the focus topic today, but because that's a, because that's a text like DM thing. So right on. Exactly. If I were to text it, it will come through and then I get the privilege of screening, right? I can. Wouldn't that be amazing if you meet somebody through this? I want to know. Well, thank you so I very much. Know. Thank you. Yes. And as we wrap up our show this evening, or this this evening, it's like ten, it's like four in the afternoon. Where are you? Okay. As we wrap up our show, we just want to thank you so much for all that you added to our broadcast, and I also want to give a thank you to um, our background, the people in the background producing this, to Don as well as Hayden. Thank you so much for your work, and we appreciate you. On June twenty fourth, we have Len Sturdivant with which is the pursuit of vertical intimacy, okay? Yeah. July 1, Matthew Wenger, sexual addiction. Addiction. Um, I'm glad I read that right and didn't say Wenger, sorry. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> sexual addiction is an intimacy problem. Mm-hmm. Dr. John Meyer, education and intimacy, and the Homance Chronicles hosting Making Friendships Work. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and also Facebook, and Spotify, and all the other ones, such as even Apple Podcasts. Right. Thank you. This has been the Bringing Intimacy Show, and we truly have appreciate, Melody, you being on the show. You're welcome back anytime. Oh, right. thank you so much. It's been fun to be with you guys. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yes, yes. We definitely have learned about knowing your boundaries, guys. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye, Melody. Bye, guys. <laughs>